Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Go in Peace, a daily podcast from the Houghton College Chapel Office, where each weekday we take a look at one of our college lectionary texts, and we ponder provocative thoughts so that we can truly go in peace to love and serve the Lord. My name is Michael Jordan. I'm Dean of the Chapel here at Houghton. Glad to speak with you as always. Today is Tuesday, December 8th. We are getting very close to the end of the semester here in this last week, and we're reading texts from the Christmas story this week, the birth of Christ. And so today I'll pick up for you uh, in Luke chapter 2. If you're interested in reading the other texts for today, that's Psalm 2, 1 to 9, and Genesis 22, 15 to 18. But I'll just read for you from Luke 2, um, verses 1 through 7. In those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration, and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Well, through the years as people have read this text, one of the more poignant points that people often make is is the image of no room, no room in the inn. And often people, as I guess with any biblical text, can sort of take this and twist it to their own kinds of ends. Um, Everybody sort of maintains that the Christian faith should be hospitable in some ways, and also um, maintain its integrity by being distant in some ways. And often the ways that we want the faith to be hospitable, we will, I've heard many impassioned sermons preached about no room in the sense of our faith needs to be more hospitable. But I do think it's particularly the right time for us to be thinking about it now, particularly when we think about the kinds of things that are going on in America, in the church, and around the world. So right now, as a nation, we are very, very divided when thinking about immigration. And I don't pretend to have all the answers about this. Like, I I sometimes weary of people who um, simply seem to have an idea of totally open borders and don't seem to recognize the authority and obligation that I think states have to um, to care for their own citizens. So I, I understand I understand the debate is much more complicated that, that many than many people do. I also think this is an important time to be thinking of this as we increasingly, for the last seven months, have been thinking about the realities of systemic racism and Uh, the reality that um, racist thoughts and patterns have been so woven into our lives together that it's hard for us to deal with them without really, in fact, we can't deal with them without accounting for how they're woven into our very instincts, um, which can, of course, be very painful because then we have to rethink things that are instinctual to us. Now, Again, I'm not saying that there can't be national dialogues about what exactly the nature of systemic racism is, but it seems to me also very important in the same way that we are having this kind of national dialogue about immigration, um, that these are primarily about hospitality, right? That, that it's about um, 
in the case of the immigrant, kind of creating a place for immigrants to be, people who are not from here, to be among us and with us. When dealing with the question of systemic racism, it's about moving from that area of hospitality to uh, recognizing the way in which people who have been part of America and have indeed built a lot of the built a lot of the structures that have made America so very prosperous, right? And saying, how do we move from just thinking about hospitality to a place of solidarity and mutuality as a culture where we say, no, we we as one across these ethnic lines, we learn to um, we learn to rejoice and grieve together and to solve problems um, together as opposed to uh, being separate um, as we do that. Um, those questions, like I say, are, are about creating room. I understand, again, that there's not a neat answer about it, but I will say I think so, so often when I watch these questions and other questions be debated, that the responses are not really this healthy conversation about, for example, you know, just how open can borders be, right? Like, they haven't been that kind of healthy exchange of ideas that really wants to move to mutual problem solving. Instead, I think most of the time I see generally defensiveness and fear when talking about these things. That, um, that we're concerned, for example, that uh, our lives, uh, if, we, if we have our, our borders are too open, that there's something about what we experience now that's at risk. And we're very fearful that that's at risk because it feels like something essential about who we are is at risk. And so we have to be very guarded and defensive in this discussion. I know, too, that you know, as I talk with primarily white audiences about the reality of systemic racism, that there's also kind of a shields-up kind of defensiveness that goes on there where it's hard for folks to really engage with that idea because it means that they have to unlearn patterns that seem important to them, you know? That if we're really going to have, for example, a church where black Christians and white Christians are sharing leadership and working together to solve problems that are important to both of us um, and learning to see the faith in a similar way, that will mean letting go of some presuppositions and, um, and letting ideas which are deeply important to us be challenged. Um, like, like that's going to happen. And so that's the kind of no room that I'm worried about. <laughs> it's the kind of fear and defensiveness that often characterizes these discussions. I understand if you think differently than me about some of these things or that you and I have, would have some different answers to it. But you and I both know what it's like to have a conversation with someone who is simply not responding from a rational place about what you're saying, but instead saying, I'm so afraid of what might happen if we start to go down this road that I just can't even begin to admit it into my headspace because the risk to me personally is too great. So. We need to first, before we answer all the problems about immigration and systemic racism, you know, primary to that, before that, I don't mean before chronologically, I just mean like underneath all of that, is the need to create room in our hearts, right? Can I create room in my heart for an idea which is going to challenge me? Or when I have an idea, when I see an idea that challenges me, do I have to keep it at arm's length? because I can only perceive it as a threat. When we can create room in our hearts for difficult conversations, for inconvenient dialogue, then we can really begin to have an honest, open, realistic, and fair conversation about something like immigration. Right? Once there's room in my heart to sort of say, God, wherever you guide, 
this conversation. I want to follow you. Once there's room in my heart for that, then I can really open myself up to a conversation to say, how much room is there really for people from other cultures? How much room is there for refugees? How much room is there for other kinds of, for other kinds of immigrants who are not in uh, mortal peril, but may well want to come to America to find a different kind of life, a better kind of life? And so though that question, it kind of presupposes, like if we're going to have that dialogue well, it presupposes that we've got our hearts in the place where there's room there. And it's that kind of stuff that I think during Advent we really need to be concerned about. So often the spiritual life and that kind of like, we need to make room in our hearts. So often that gets divorced from the other kinds of questions that Christians face about justice and about public policy. They're intimately related. The more that we can create, we can have supple hearts that are willing to sort of have conversations in new and different ways, the more then that we're ready to follow God and whatever God wants us to do. But the more brittle our hearts are, the more that we're unable to let new ideas even in, the more that we feel like even evaluating these things is, is somehow dangerous, the less likely we are to, to be able to follow God in a difficult situation. That's just the way it is. So it's my prayer for us during Advent that we carve out that space in our hearts for the sake of discovering how much capacity we have to love other people well. And we don't always know that. We don't ever know that, I think, if we don't do that hard work in our hearts of creating room there. God, we make a place for you in our hearts with our lives. Lord Jesus, come and make yourself at home in our hearts. Um, we know, God, that there are ways in which we will resist your work and the work of truth. Um, that's because we're people and we naturally um, desire comfort and desire to know that we've always been right about things. And yet, God, we pray that you'll make us open, make us supple and receptive ready to hear from you and unafraid to follow you wherever you call us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, until tomorrow, go in peace to love and serve the Lord.